The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're listening to The Talking Point. We're leading the conversation on SAFM. It's 8 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. What you can expect in this hour, we are focusing on gender-based violence and part of what we see as a government's approach to fighting GBV. How do we move beyond just the rhetoric that often um, and, and the lip service that often is paid to this conversation? And what we're going to do is that we're going to look at what has come out of the state of the province's addresses so far. Yesterday, we had the Western Cape Premier, Alan Windy, and the Gauteng Premier, Banyazali Sufi, deliver the state of their province addresses. And in both speeches, unfortunately, very little was said by both premiers on their fight against gender-based violence and what they're going to be doing provincially to try and deal with this problem. Joining us for this conversation is CEO of Seoul City, Good morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Kathy. It's Fina Kodisang, actually. Oh, I don't know why I said Ngadimeng Fina. I I, I apologize for that. I'm not sure where it came from um, because it's (laughs) written correctly in front of me. (laughs) My mind is doing its own thing. Uh, Fina Kodisang, apologies. Apologies for that, Fina. And Estelle Otto is is policy developer on GBV in the Gauteng Department of Social Development. Estelle, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. And Tembilike Madi is a senior trainer on GBV at Sonke Gender Justice. Tembilike, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And thank you for being part of this conversation. So, what, so I, what, what I want us to do is to listen to um, the state of the province addresses that were delivered yesterday in Gauteng and the Western Cape. And this is what both premiers had to say about gender-based violence. We're going to play the clips for you. And when I say that this is what they had to say, I mean, in the entire speech, this is what they said. So we didn't cut part of it and leave another part out. No, this is all they had to say on GBV. Let's kick it off with the Gauteng Premier, Banyazali Sufi. We are now increasing our support on gender-based violence. The government that I have the honor to lead has donated 31 new cars to the Sexual Offensives Unit of the South African Police Service so that all our women must feel safe in our province and any woman that is attacked, the police must have dedicated cars to go and defend our women and children in our province. We've concluded the process of identifying safe houses for our women and our children so that our province can be safe. All right. So that was um, the Gauteng Premier, Banyazali Sufi. Here's what Alan Windy had to say. Talking about some of the most vulnerable citizens in our province, those that suffer GBV. We have eight Tutuzela centres across the province with a centre... At Vic, with a, a centre that's been expanded at Victoria Hospital, and we're busy expanding another centre in Stellenbosch. We have 26 
GBV shelters across this province, the 27th in planning in the Overberg region. We have GBV ambassadors in every single one of our departments. And speaker, over 18,000 citizens have received psychosocial support from Tutuzela care centers and DSD-supported GBV shelters in the last five years. And we have again been busy expanding our social worker workforce. We are adding, as we speak, another 247 special service social workers to continue with this work. We need to make sure that child protection and the protection of our most, most vulnerable is front and center. And these social workers are really special people. All right. Fina Kodisang, let me perhaps kick it off with you. That is, at least when you look at the two economic centers of the country, um, how the, the premiers are planning to deal with issues of gender-based violence, at least as tabled in their state of the province address. Your impressions? So... It's 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 very sad, Kefi, that you know, even when we listen to the president, um, you know, it's still not clear in terms of what is the blueprint of South Africa in addressing what fifty-one percent of its population is put under, because fifty-one percent of South Africa's population is women, right? And so if you listen to uh, Premier Lisufi speaking, and he went on and on about economic development and all the things that he's dreaming of, you know, bringing into Gauteng, you know, that he missed the vital component of what will make those economic developments thrive, the women of this uh, province, because once you leave them out, by not addressing the thing that makes them not to be economically active, which is GBV. You are already saying, I'm not developing this economy for you if you are not going to address GBV as one of the things, and femicide as one of the things that women are suffering from. Because we know that once they, 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 they are abused, some of them leave work, some die, you know, they they don't um, have the necessary psychosocial support that is needed and they enter into depression and all the other things that come as a result of gender-based violence that is not addressed. So it's clear that somebody uh, in the Western Cape understands what, it's, what it entails because they went into breaking down how many Tutuzela care centers they have, which is what we need to hear in Gauteng because I stay in Gauteng. So I need to know if I fall victim to rape today, where do I go? Where are the Tutuzela care centers? How many are functioning? How many you know, are meeting the need? If there's a shortage, are you planning to increase them? Um, you know, In terms of even noting the number of um, women that you have that are already reporting GBV in your province, that shows the interest. But I'm disappointed. In fact, yesterday, as we were listening, I was saying to my daughter, I think the premier forgot that he's not campaigning for uh, voting right now. He's actually telling us the state of the province. And as a woman, what I want to hear as a citizen of the province is, where is help? 
Where do I get help? Where do I go? Instead of knowing what is planned, all these other things that he was mentioning. Tembelike, have we gotten back to a point where the conversation and really the impetus to mobilize resources, mobilize conversation in government um, around gender-based violence, where that has regressed yet again, where it's no longer actually um, a key issue on the on the agenda. It, it definitely has shown a lot of regression, Kathy. Um, when you look at even the, the priorities for the country, it doesn't seem that once upon a time in 2020, GBV was a pandemic. And when has GBV stopped being a pandemic? When we still have in a quarter 10,000 rape cases. Um, and so that it's, it's like a sign that the government is like, okay, this is an issue. They threw, you know, some amendment acts at us. They threw the NSP at us. And then they just walked away and said, then civil society must then, you know, um, sort it out. And so it's very concerning to see that um, the, the responsibility of, of, of curbing this gender-based violence issue has now fallen on civil society. Um, and even the realities, the even that is not even meeting the realities on the ground. The government is not meeting the realities on the ground. The premier of Gauteng is talking about the 31 new cars that have been donated. But if you talk to community members in the um, in the communities, they will tell you that these 31 new cars, when I call and say, listen, I, I need assistance, my husband is beating me up, the 31 cars that have been donated are nowhere to be found. And women are found wanting there and stuck in those situations where they're there, you know, being sent from pillar to post. So there's just a, a very huge disconnect from what the government is saying and what they're actually doing. Like you were saying, it's a lot of lip service that's happening. Um, and, you know, we got excited when the NSP was happening, but even the localization of the NSP, you know, the premiers don't know the NSP, the station commanders don't know the NSP. Talking about even the Domestic Violence Amendment Act, that is, that is you know, speaking directly to domestic violence and how these issues should be addressed from government level, from police, you know, to psychosocial support and all of that. None of the implementation is happening. So it's, it's, it's very disappointing to hear um, they're not really prioritizing women and as, as you know, we were once upon a time a, a, a priority for them and, and now it's not. And you look at it even in budgeting. When the, the um, DSD is now saying they're pulling funding from a lot of organizations, organizations that were actually helping um, um, domestic violence survivors, you know, to, to deal, you know, either whether it was psychosocial support or supporting them in, in some other way, and they're cutting that funding. What, is, what, is, what message is it sending to women that they are on their own? Estelle, as somebody who is within government and also in a crucial department like that of, of social development, what is your impression of the coordination um, when it comes to gender-based violence programs, um, but also just uh, policy initiatives? Uh, Tembelike talks about the NSP and it took so much work to develop uh, to develop that national strategic um framework but now we we don't get the sense that it's actually materializing into something worthwhile the momentum has just been absorbed and and, and slowed down 
by red tape, by bureaucracy. Why? Why is that happening? Femicide prevention is a pandemic. It is definitely a priority of, for all the government departments. Um, there is an implementation plan that is um, spearheaded by the Department of Community Safety. And every single government department is part of that plan. So I think as a community, when you experience gender-based violence, the first place that you would go is the police. You know, that is where we get help from. So there we've got NGOs or non-government organizations that is linked to the victim-friendly room. So when a victim goes to the police station, to the front desk, they will be directed to the victim-friendly room where there will be services to the victim, you know, that is just more friendly. And then, the, um, you know, the police is also activated. Each police station has a victim um, coordinator. So I think those structures are definitely in place. Uh, secondly, you've spoken about the uh, Tutuzela Key Center, which means comfort. So if a victim has an injury because of gender-based violence or has been raped, where would you go? You usually go to your government hospital or to a private hospital. So those Tutuzela Key Centers, you've got a whole team of people that is connected to the casualty unit. So it's a specific unit at your Baragwanath Hospital, Tele Mukhurani, um, Tembisa Hospital, etc. So a whole team of people is then available. It is your forensic nurse. It is your forensic doctor that will immediately be called. Uh, there's even a lawyer there that works for the NPA, National Prosecuting Authority, that will make sure that your case is very strong when it goes to court. So I think in Gauteng, we've got seven to two Zelaki centers, and we are also working with other partners like your NACOSA, where we also have the um, you know, centers in the Western. So every region really has these two to Zelaki centers. Um, then we've got the shelters for abused women, where the uh, woman will, will go if she is really unsafe, and she will go with her children. And then a lot of people don't know that we actually have a shelter for abused men. Um, because, you know, it's not only about physical abuse. Sometimes, you know, men are also abused in other ways. It can be physically as well. Um, you know that if a man also needs protection, there is a shelter for men. And then, like uh, someone has also mentioned, the clip that we've got gender-based violence units in the Department of Social Development and anyone that needs counselling, because it's not only about the women that is abused in a house or in a family, it's also the effect, effect on the children that witness the violence. So most definitely, we've got a, a number of NGOs as well uh, that is working with us, but we also have the Department of Social Development. Estelle, how do you track progress? So I know that, you know, at some point in terms of coordinating um, the government efforts when it comes to gender-based violence, every department was given a mandate to sort of say, you know, this is the, 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 the programs that they will be running and et cetera, et cetera. But what has happened in the last couple of years is that there's been no clear 
picture emerging from departments on number one the programs they've been running um that that are gender-based violence related the budget that they are spending towards these programs and the effect or the impact of these programs the monitoring around it um the last time i checked was just very very poor Yes, I think um, when the program started in 2020, or the strategy, like you've said, it's a 10-year program to end gender-based violence. So the Department of Community has actually started with weekly war room meetings. And in those meetings, um, all the government departments, together with civil society, has identified the blockages, the challenges, etc. And for each of the blockages, let's say that uh, SAP said that you know uh, they don't have enough crime kits, or it takes long for evidence to come back to court. So for everything that was mentioned, there is a plan, there is a remedy, and. Um, Every department has to give a monthly report on the NSP to the Department of Community Safety, which goes to the Premier. So, you know, we've identified what the gaps are and we have also identified what we need to do. Um, And there are so many programs, uh, you know, awareness programs, but we Uh, that everybody is doing, all the government departments. But like you say, what is the impact? And I think that is where Premier has gone into the economic development part of it because, yes, the social development, we can do awareness. And for 16 days, we've spoken to 1,400,000 people in Gauteng just for 16 days, you know. That excludes your 365 days. So we've done the prevention. But because women in in many uh, situations in communities are financially dependent on the perpetrator and it is one of the big reasons that they stay in this relationship or they feel but what about the children you know school fees transport to school so i think um, speaking about economic development not only of women also men also the youth is very important because we can do all the skills development we can do all the information to say you know what you've got the right to safety you've got the right not to be abused but as long as you don't have skills as long as you are economically dependent on somebody you're going to stay in that relationship or even if you go to the shelter for abused women you go back because you know where else are you going to go so i'm totally in favor of the economic development because then we have impact So what we have also done for social development is we said, let's make funds available for our shelters, for the women in the shelter to develop themselves. You know, maybe uh, get your learner's license, maybe get your license so that you can have an opportunity in the work market, do entrepreneurship, start your own business so that you also have money. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have money in a relationship, you know, you will be dependent on someone. So I agree, the impact is extremely important. You know, we right. can talk and talk, but what is it that we do? All right. Thanks for that, Estelle. Estelle is a policy developer on GBV in the Gauteng Department of Social Development. Fina, what do you have to say to that? Is Estelle right that it's not so much that nothing is happening? In fact, there are updates. Um, and the problem doesn't just begin and end with awareness campaigns. 
it cannot begin and end with awareness campaign, I agree. But the biggest issue is accountability. And I think this is what we are trying to address in what uh, happened at the SOPA. We didn't see accountability uh, from the premier in saying, we are aware that in Gauteng, this is what is happening uh, in terms of GBV. If he's receiving all the reports that Estelle is mentioning, it would have been good to hear him reflect on the status of GBV in as far as what the war rooms are reporting to him, um, that you know this is what is happening. We know that people come to us and tell us that they still go to police stations and they still can open cases. And I know because I'm part of the war room discussions, I see some of the challenges. You know, you still have court dates that are moved you know, from one date to another, and justice delayed is justice denied. You know, we still have a lack of uh, evidence that is collected correctly by police when they go on site to collect evidence. You know, so we, there are a lot of things that are not happening correctly um, in, in, in as far as handling cases. December, we were hearing um, reports around the GBV hotline or the command center not functioning as it should. These are things that we need assurance when we give a status of the province to say, we are making sure that the command center works as it should. It's as it should. It's operational, you know, as 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 it should operate, and guaranteeing everyone, women of this province, that they will get the service when they need it. We can say we have seven to Tuzela care centers on paper, but do they function as they should? Because the reports that we hear report different things. So it's it's one thing that, you know, there's something written on paper and it's beautiful on paper, but it's another that uh, lived realities of women are different from what is put on paper. All right. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. I'll also give Tembelike an opportunity to come in. For now, it's 11.30. Time for the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're reflecting on government's approach to gender-based violence and really framing the conversation um, through the lens of what we've seen come out of the State of the Provinces address in Gauteng and the Western Cape yesterday. Joining me this morning for the conversation is Fina Kodisang, who's the CEO of Seoul City, Estelle Otto, policy developer on gender-based violence in the Gauteng Department of Social Development, and Tembeli Khimadi, who's a senior trainer on GBV at Songke Gender Justice. So, Tembeli let me give you a chance um, to respond to um, what Estelle had to say and, and how, you know, she says that when when they look at the, the efforts and the coordination as the Department of Social Development, they're satisfied that there is uh, the right level of reporting and even programs that have been taken or, or undertaken rather. Um, I think there's a then in that case, then there would be a huge disconnect from the realities of of women and girls um, on the ground, you know, and we need to be able to to bridge the gap. 
So what are those things that we can say, okay, no, this is working and what is not working? Um, and be able to communicate that to 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 the women, you know. Um, so for me, I think the government might be saying that there is something happening, but what is the disconnect? We're not seeing, you know, their efforts translating to the everyday woman on the ground. Um, so the realities of women are still that, like Fina said, that the cases are being postponed for absolutely no reason. Women still can't get help when they are, you know, um, calling out for help to the police. Women are still getting chased away from the police stations when they are reporting cases. So what is it that the government is saying that this is actually what is working, you know? So, I mean, by now, you would have thought that, I mean, the NSP has been in play for quite a while. And um, the the efforts of even localizing the NSP and saying to women, look, we have a national strategic plan on gender-based violence and femicide, and this is how you can hold us accountable to this national strategic plan, right? This is how you can hold the government accountable to the Domestic Violence Amendment Act, you know? So the, the, the issue is, like what Funa said, is the issue of accountability, you know, and in the issue of real commitment. Women are, I, I think we're at a point where women are tired of the lip service. Women actually want to find themselves living in a, in a safe environment, you know, and now going towards elections, we know that women in this country bear the brunt of a lot of the other political or social issues or social economic issues in this country and so you'll see during it you know we don't want to see a, a situation where during election times when you know there's you know um issues happening and that women bear the brunt of whatever political decisions that are being made and then women have to take then the backseat so now is a time where it's it's it, it, we can't be playing politics at the expense of women and girls that's what we, we we want not to see happening. We don't want to see that happening because now the speeches sound like political games. And we can't be playing political games when we have 10,000 rape cases that are reported and we know that there's many, many more that are, are going unreported. We know that teenage pregnancy is on the rise. Mm. You know, KZN has, has the worst teenage pregnancies, the worst HIV uh, and AIDS cases. And, you know, it's like, what is the real commitment to women? When you have a, a national strategic plan and Pillar 2 talks about prevention, what is the government actually doing on, on prevention and how is it translating on the ground? So it's not about high-level discussion about, you know, we need to move away from the high-level discussions about GBV. You know, it, it's, it's a matter of us really, really speaking to the realities of women. What is it that women and girls are facing on the ground on an everyday basis um, and how do we respond correctly and prevent sure. this from happening more than more than anything is that the country reacts you know to a lot of these issues you, you know so I, we I, need prevention yeah. I've got a question uh, Tembeli for both you and, and Fina and if you have government that is, is saying that well we actually think that you know yes there's room for improvement but we're not doing too badly on 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 the issues how do you as activists and people that are working in the space give feedback to government and very clear feedback on where you believe it, it's not going um right or it's not meeting targets that way there is uh, there's clarity around when we say it's not working, then we know exactly what we're talking about that is not working. Fina? So, um, yeah. So we do have uh, platforms, Kathy, like even the same war room platform, that's where feedback is given. You know, 
there are other uh, quarterly meetings that are held where feedback is given. I don't think there is a lack of feedback uh, that goes to government in terms of saying this we see is working, but this is not working. Where I see the problem is that that feedback is not then taken because it's not sitting in anybody's KPI. You know, here in Seoul City, they know if they say this is what you are supposed to do, there's a KPI that is attached to it. And at the end, when they review, they say you were supposed to do that. It didn't happen. So it's a non-performance on your side. But we don't see that happening. And that is why we will keep raising these issues. Right now, we will get statistics from Minister Bekitele, um, you know, talking about the crime stats. And we will hear how rape has increased, sexual violence has increased. But who sits and reviews the KPIs or the people who are supposed to be accountable and say, you are failing because you are supposed to be responsible for the reduction, but this is not happening. What are you not doing? We can give all the feedback, but we are not then the ones who at the end of the day are going to sit with a minister, a, a, a director general, a police person who refused to open a case. You know, mm. we, we make all the noise that we need to make as activists. All right. Let me take this call from one of our listeners in Kwanya Mazani. Good morning, Anonymous. Good morning, uh, We're not going to get this thing. Uh, we're not going to get this case. Because even the police, the police, I'm not doing what they're supposed to be doing. A child who is six years old was raped last year in December. And then I don't know what happened with the family. They went to the police station, they went back to the police station and then they they, they dropped it, they charge. Of a six year old. How can you drop a case of a six year old without uh, going through the court and all this thing? And then now because this thing has been happening over and over again now. The lady, some, another lady just put this thing on social media. And then some of us in the, on the EFF, we saw this thing and then we went to the police station to reopen the case. But the policeman just told us, no, we cannot waste this. We want to talk to social workers. There's no land right where you can find a, 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 what social workers. There's nothing, there's no information where you can communicate or talk with the social worker unless you are a relative of a social worker. How are we supposed to get these things to me? How are we supposed to this serious? How are we supposed to get these things? Because there's no accountability, even the police themselves. How can you just stop a case like that? Now we even try to go to the to the, uh, the social workers offices. These social workers are not doing anything. Mm. They're just sitting on their head. How are these kids supposed to be? These kids are vulnerable. I have a six-year-old of myself. I, can, I, I can't imagine that happening to my child. And then when I'm trying to get some help, it's just going, I'm going to be thrown from here to post. How are we supposed to be getting assistance? Because they're just talking, like you said, it's just lip service. You know, sure, Anonymous, it's absolutely tragic, the, the story that you, you've relayed to us. This this young girl, the six year old that you're talking about, who who has been raped, and the family opened a case. the The charges were then dropped for whatever reason. 
And the mother was coerced into dropping the case. By who? By the police? By, by the relative of someone, of, of the guy who raped the child. Mm. And now this thing has been going on after the matter that happened. This so child so, so, so it's, it's the same and it's the same suspect? It's the same suspect. Now I just uh, got, got information that now this, the, these kids are two. There's one who's six years old and there's one who's three years old. No. I'm telling you. And because the way it happened, we heard about another boy who was raped. So it's three kids here. Oh, anonymous. Sure. So I don't know how you... There's a police station in Pinar. There's a, there's a, there's a, a policeman there called Mavuila. I think he's the one that was supposed to be taking care of this case. I don't know. I, we need to take... We need to take the serious anonymous here's what i'm going to ask you to do i'm going to ask you to i'm going to put you back through to our producer so we can get the details of this matter uh, you, you cannot have a situation where um one or more suspects are violating and victimizing young children in this way and the police are seemingly not doing what they're supposed to or even taking steps um, to to protect this individual. Fina, I know that we're running out of time on the, the connection to you. Let me give you a chance to respond to that. What advice do you have for Anonymous? Hello, Fina? Oh, sorry, Kefi. Um, I, 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 I thought you were talking to someone else. Look... We, these are the things we hear when we are in communities. That is why I was telling what Estelle is saying is working on paper. Definitely it's not translating at community level. And I think as the community, they need to mobilize and march to that police station. Because, you know, only when we make noise do we get the attention. But, Kathy, now that you also know the story, you know, you can back the community up by giving it media attention and, and you know, highlighting the plight that communities go through in trying to prevent. Because you can hear that he's concerned for his children and it's a man who's reporting. So, you know, usually I think they don't take us serious because it's always women who are reporting. But now it's a man saying, I'm also concerned for the safety of my own children and we need to do something. So continue mobilizing other community members, you know, uh, go to the police station, make noise and let's get this thing resolved because children cannot suffer at the hands of people who work freely in the communities. Because what will happen, communities will end up taking the law into their hands and then you'll see the law reacting because they'll come and arrest the communities for taking action yet they don't take action at the time where we all right that is Fina Kodisang who is the CEO of Soul City Estelle do you agree that there is a, a disconnect between your programs and members of society yeah, I just want to respond on the same um, caller as well. Uh, you know, the SAP telephone number 10111 is there. Lifeline also, oh, sorry, Childline also has a number. And it is so important that if a rape has occurred, a person needs to be examined within 72 hours to get that evidence as well. 
And like you are mentioning, you know, once the parents are uncooperative, you know, that is a challenge. But there's so many other ways, like the, the closest clinic can help the child. The Tuchuzela Key Centre or the government hospital can help. And SAPS also has their national instructions and their child protection units, you know, the way they help. And like you say, if you're not going to stop the perpetrator, you know, it it will continue and more children's lives will be affected so severely. You know, so I think 10 triple one is always the, that national command center number is also the, uh, that has been mentioned as well, but your closest police station. And like she says, we need to track the cases. We need to make sure that every stakeholder did what they were supposed to do. You know, who was the investigating officer? You know, that information is important. Which police station? What is the name of the child? So that the case can be tracked and make sure that, you know, justice has been served. Um, I think just to talk about the community level, because I think we haven't spoken about that. Uh, yeah, very briefly, Estelle, because I've got um, to wrap up this conversation very briefly. We have identified the hotspots as the government departments as well. And there are victim empowerment or gender-based violence forums in the different hotspots. So as part of the NSP, we are saying that everybody that wants to be part of stopping violence, contact your closest uh, Department of Social Development, your municipality, and we can work together to say enough is enough. All right. We need our women to be safe. That's where we're going to have to leave it for this morning. Tembelihe, Estelle and Fina, thank you for your time. We're going to follow up with what Anonymous has said in the rape that has taken place, uh, alleged rape in Kwanyamazane. That's where we leave it on the talking point for today. Up next is the book reading.